You are listening to DreamPod Studios, where we share the stories of dreamers and doers from around the world. How far are you willing to go to pursue your passion? What are you willing to sacrifice? I sat down with a high school friend of mine recently who left her corporate life after five years to pursue full-time what she has always wanted, art. In this episode, we talk about why she finally decided to take a break from her corporate world, challenges faced along the way, some of the projects she has been working on, and much more. Give it a listen and be sure to hit the subscribe button for more of such episodes. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook with the handlebar DreamPod Studios. Um, people know me as Shumin Tiffany or Tiffany on Instagram. My true passion is like creativity and illustration. So I like to do a lot of painting and sketching and all that kind of stuff. But um, where I am right now, I've worked for five years in a corporate job and I used all the time outside of my job to do all my art. But obviously that wasn't possible and I had to squeeze in any pockets of time after work or even during the weekends. Um, but recently, I just left my full-time job to pursue art full-time and I budgeted for around 6 to 12 months. Um, I'm not exactly sure what I'm gonna do, but I just know that I wanted to use the time to really develop my art, focus on doing the projects that I never had the time to do and then really just seeing where that leads me to. How did you come to this decision? Um, I think... For me, it's always like I'm working in a corporate job. So I worked in advertising for five years, but I was always on the operational side. So I was setting up campaigns, doing reports and optimizing. And it was something that I was quite good at because I've done it for five years, but it's not something that I was necessarily like super passionate about. And so um, every time when I'm spending hours at work on a weekday, I'm usually just waiting to go home so that I can work on my art, like be it some art projects, helping out at the studio. I also teach watercolor classes on the side. So my weekends are my happiest moments. And then on Mondays when I have to go back to work, I'm just like, oh, damn. I guess I've in the past year, I've worked in a big tech company and it took up a lot of my time to the point that I didn't have the work-life balance that I wanted or needed. I didn't have the mental capacity to do art outside of work anymore because I was often like really exhausted. And you know, art doesn't just come. You have to like get into the mood and get inspired, but when you're super stressed, it doesn't come. So I really wasn't doing that anymore. And all of that together, I was also getting really stressed out and um, then COVID happened. And when COVID happened, a lot of retrenchments were happening. A lot of people were suddenly finding their lives totally like messed up from the order of the way things were. And I guess um, with everything in flux, it also showed people what was important to them. So stuff like working hours and hours, maybe that's not important anymore because like more important is like 
um, getting to do what you really want to because the world might just end or like it's so messy right now. So it showed people what's important and to me it showed me that my art was really important. So then I started really considering that with the added workload from work that I didn't really like and I actually hated it. And then with COVID where people were like, everything was in flux. I just decided to entertain the idea a bit more of like really taking some time off but also making a calculated decision so like budgeting financially whether I had six months to a year's worth of savings because it was not going to be easy to get a job now um, and then just also having a three month, six month and one year plan of like what I really want to get out of it. So when that was all in the books and in my journal and writing down and discussing with my family also, I just decided to do it. Yeah. I think that's a thing that comes across like pretty much every uh, person, right? That I've spoken to, they at one point they just say the same thing, like the exact words, like they just do it, they just take that that yeah. leap. Um, I waited five years for this, so pretty long deliberation that you've had. Um, mm. and I'm guessing there's been a lot of like internal struggle that you've had for these five years. Yeah, yeah, internal conflicts. But what kept you going then during the five years? I mean, yeah, it's art, but how did you like still? wake up every morning and go to work during this time? I guess for me it's like practical reasons, right? So in Singapore it's not cheap um, and my job obviously provides me the stability, it gives me money so I... So actually the good thing about having a full-time job is that you kind of, if you manage your time well, you have the money to spend on art materials, you have the money to spend on classes and like explore more things than if you had just dived into art as a broke student so um, that was kind of my plan from the start like kind of get some money going on my own first so that I had room to explore and then as I built up my stuff then I could finally with some savings take the leap and then just go and really pus pursue art. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little about your this passion of yours like art. You, I don't think you had a formal education um, in this like you studied uh, science no sorry sorry yeah well science until like all levels and then uh, you did some art. Um, yeah. well, I never did art. You did like history and all that yeah, stuff. But but not not really, like, yeah, but not really. Yeah, not drawing. Yeah. Um, so you never really had a formal education in this. You never went for like, classes to learn art. Uh, how did you pick it up in the first place? And when did you pick it up? Yeah, so I always wanted to go to art school, but my Asian dad obviously vetoed the decision. Okay. Um, and so even when I wanted to go to Tomasic Poly for design, he didn't really like that idea because he wanted me to go straight to university, which I don't blame him for because it's Singapore. But um, I've always liked to draw, right? So it was always doodling and stuff, but I never really got a formal arts education. So I never took like oil painting and all the fine art stuff. So it was always on the side, but there was an interest. But only after I really started my first job in an agency, then I had my first paycheck. I used it to pay for a part-time course in La Salle and then suddenly on Tuesdays and Thursday nights after work I was rushing to La Salle with all my art materials to actually really learn um, painting so I took watercolour classes there that's what sparked off the whole watercolour thing um, and then with all these like real technical training I was really I felt like I had finally been able to I don't know like live a little bit of the art school life like a part-time art school and then it all started from there and then a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of um, just self-learning, watching other illustrators that inspire me. Yeah, and then just doing a whole lot of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, is uh, 
is like a formal arts education necessary? I, I don't think so actually. I mean, I never went to art school. I always dreamed of going to art school. I applied to Central St. Martins and all that. But I think it's a romanticized dream because art school is not cheap. And in Singapore, the art schools are limited. So if you really want to go to a top-notch one, you have to go to the UK or, you know, those kind of big names if you really want to meet those big people who have come from there. But I don't think it's necessary because we're in the internet age, right? A lot of things are on YouTube, on Skillshare, on Instagram. Um, and if you really have the interest and the passion and, and the discipline, I think you can learn on your own. But you always have to do active learning, so you can't just be like going into one thing and then just doing the repeated thing. It's a lot of curiosity, a lot of like speaking to other people, attending art events, and just um, putting yourself out there. So that's what I've been doing. Now that you're into watercolor, you said you got into watercolor. What are um, maybe some themes that you try to you've been trying to pursue for this, and um, it also if you decide on like where do you get your inspirations from? Like you, yeah, you said Instagram and all that, but mm -hmm. are there any particular sources that you look up to for inspiration? Okay, so that's two questions. So the first one is about the themes. Um, I I like watercolor because it's really flowy. It's a very um, free-flowing kind of medium where it's not very rigid like pencils or something. Um, so some most of the things that I started out painting were like whimsical stuff. So I like to paint like whales and then like girls but like with jellyfish around. That kind of like really magical stuff. I don't really know. I just got into it and then these were the stuff that came to me and the colours that I love are like bluish purples. So I wear blue. But yeah, all the shades of blue and stuff. So those were kind of my themes. And in I've been painting for around five years. So I've definitely experimented with different things. I start doing I started doing a bit of portraiture, which is not really my forte, I'm still learning. And then animals and then like backgrounds and all. But um most recently I've realized that I didn't want my art just to be landscape paintings or like images of like random stuff like fruits or anything. I wanted to create art that was relatable to people. So um, if you ask me for themes now, it's always trying to use my art to tell a story and then to actually spark some kind of conversation with people. So like when I post stuff on my Instagram, like, oh, what's your breakfast? And then I make this little like gif of like me drinking Genmai cha tea. And then people will be commenting like, oh, I love Jamaica tea as well. Like, oh yeah, you should use like tea bags over, yeah, that kind of stuff. So um, I like that kind of more relatable art. Not, it shouldn't be something that is like not accessible. So when I first started watercolor, I used a lot of YouTube because there was a visual platform where I could learn some stuff. And the two biggest illustrators that are still my inspiration today are Kellogg's Loops and Fairy Little Peach. So these guys are from Australia. They're illustrators full-time in Australia and I was very inspired by um, Kellogg's Loops because he creates like really whimsical um, paintings of girls and then he puts in elements of like waves and then like fish and it's very like a Japanese style of things but the way he paints is very nice and he films it all down and then he's also chatting at the same time about his thought process and how he why he does what he does and I was just super inspired by that and then um, the other illustrator is Furry Little Peach so she came out of school and then became a full-time illustrator just by building up her portfolio and then sharing her works on Tumblr and Instagram and YouTube 
So um, these two people are still my biggest inspirations until today. I also know that you have also participated in an exhibition itself. Um, tell me more about that. Tell me about the, your first exhibition that you participated in. I don't think it was a very big exhibition anyway, but it's. I participated in this thing called Pamaran Postcard. I think that was two years ago. There's gonna be one more in December this year, which I'm participating in. But basically, it's started out by a couple who wanted to let normal people participate in an exhibition and have their stuff shown as if like you were a real artist so it was open to all people of all ages like kids would take part or like super professional watercolorists would take part or just normal people like me um, and part of the proceeds go to charity and so when my friend told me about it i decided to join and you basically have 10 postcards like small little postcard slips and as long as you fit your artwork within that tiny little slip, you could hang it on the wall for exhibition. So it was at ION Art Gallery. And basically you could sell it for whatever price you have and then you can donate a portion of that to charity and take the rest home. So I, I sent all 10 of my prints and then um, it sold out. So I was very grateful for the support of everyone. Um, but this year, I think I'm going to do something more themed. So I'm thinking of repainting masterpieces in watercolor. So I've already done two. I did one of Van Gogh's sunflowers and then another one which is um, the girl with pearl earring. And I still have eight more. Yeah. <laughs> this was probably like your first exhibition that you took part in. I guess, like a real public right. one. Yeah. Um, how did that make you feel? Like, did they give you like, did it make you realize that your art, like you, you said all your art pieces were sold um, doing that exhibition, right? Yeah. Did that give you, was that like one of the first indicators that you could actually make a career out of this? Actually, I think I was very nervous about it, but I, um, it's kind of scary to put your art out because it's something that's super personal and I spend hours on those paintings and what if people are just like, what? It's $10, I can't pay $10 for that. Then that will be just shattering, but thankfully that didn't happen. Um, yeah, but my first few um, emotions then were like very excitement so like when they opened the venue we hurried to see where my pieces were placed and then rearranged some of the pieces because they didn't put them in nice orders of color um, but then when people started coming into the exhibition and just seeing people like looking and um, examining the art pieces was quite scary but also magical and then when they took it off like as if they wanted to buy it then it was like really cool but it definitely didn't give me the feeling that I could monetize this and make a living out of it because people always say that artists will always not have money. Um, but it was just quite nice and just rewarding, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. And part of this is also for like, you're doing it for a good cause. And you could just try it out. Right. Everyone was trying it out. And I, I feel like it's a recurring thing with you though. Like you're, you, you do have this... Wow, it sounds cliche, but heart of gold. Oh, thank uh, tell, you. <laughs> tell me about the. Because recently, too, you did a. You, like, it was like a personal project of yours where oh, you yeah. raised some funds uh, through your artwork for a particular cause. Tell me a little more about that. Um, this project is called Humble Blends. It, uh, it's Humble Blends because I wanted to create artwork based on um, the humble heroes in our society. So this was also sparked by the circuit breaker period where everyone had to stay indoors, but a lot of others, like essential workers, had to stay 
at their jobs while all of us could stay indoors and some of us were even complaining. So um, people like your security guards, your office um, cleaners, your um, hawkers, um, teachers, uh, bakers, all those essential workers that are so often blending into the background because we just take them for granted. I thought it was quite um, powerful to see that these people were actually the ones keeping society going while the rest of us just stayed indoors and tried to like find things to do. Mm -hmm. So I came up with the ideas to with the idea to paint these people in watercolors because they are they are always blending into the background like they're not being noticed. So I wanted to use my most vibrant colors to kind of like make people notice my artwork and then after that notice the story behind these people, which is what I like to do, like make a story and let people know about some people that are not often being noticed. And then I created, I think I made like eight, mm -hmm. eight pieces all together. So like um, I crowdsourced for ideas on my Instagram. I asked people, who do you think are like those humble heroes that people don't notice? And then people gave me all kinds of suggestions from health healthcare workers to like even things that, you know, you don't really think of. Like some people um, talked about the auntie in their school canteen, that kind of stuff. So it was quite nice to see that people were actually like, oh yeah, these people should be featured. Um, so I painted them and then I made it a 50 plus 50 fundraiser. So I sold it for $50 and for every $50, I was going to match it with another $50. So if people wanted to buy more, like someone paid 150 which I'm super thankful for, then I had to pay 150 to match it. So it was a one plus one kind of deal. And I was going to donate all of this money to Food From The Heart, which was a charity that um, they also had trouble during COVID because there was less volunteers now due to social distancing and stuff. So they really needed money. So I used the Giving.sg platform to donate all the money. And we raised like $1,350 in total. Um, awesome. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. But yeah, actually I was very nervous about this project because it was very close to heart and it was just a random idea that came to me. Um, so before I did it, I was hesitant, like if I launched it on Instagram at 9pm, like what if no one even cares, like you know, I'm like planning all this. But then I remember like one of my close friends is always saying like, if you don't try, you, you don't know. So I just like tried. And then I was um, really happy that like people were sharing and then people were sending me messages and then I set up a whole form to, to open the orders on 10 a.m. the next day and then it sold out in like half an hour. So like, you know, it's this kind of stuff like you don't really know, but then it happens and then you just try and then you know. So I was again like really thankful, but also very thankful that people really cared to donate more than just $50. Let's talk, a, maybe touch a little also more on some of the other projects that you have been doing. Recently on Instagram, you, well, maybe not that recent, for the past few months, maybe you started uh, doing some classes on your Instagram, um, where you, know, you set a theme, yeah. get people to join in, yeah. uh, and over the next hour, you paint with them. Tell me more about that. So I've, I've done a total of, I think, four IGTV uh, paint with me session. So it's an IG live session. It was also inspired by CB because a lot of my friends were like telling me that they're super bored at home and you know you can only bake so many cakes. So then um, we thought to just try out. Me, my art studio friend and I, she encouraged me to do an IGTV. So I mounted my tripod and then I set a date like 8pm on one of the weekdays when everyone was definitely home. 
and then ask people to paint with me. So like, use whatever you have at home. Like, it doesn't have to be like real watercolor paper. You can use your drawing block and then dig out your old paint sets. Like, everyone is gonna have a paint set somewhere in their house and then just use some brushes that you find and then just paint along with me. And it was meant to be something that was engaging because you know on IGTV you can ask questions. So a lot of people asked me all kinds of questions while I was painting. So the first one I painted was like leaves. Um, and then I was using like yellows and greens and blues and then people had all kinds of questions like what kind of blue are you using and uh, what paint brand, what brush should I use, what size and what paper and what's the difference and all that. So it made it quite fun because I was answering the questions and chatting with people while painting. Um, and then it was quite well received. So then I did a couple more after that and I collaborated with one of my friends also. So another one was like my friend tried to paint live on IGTV and then I was conducting it live as well. So people could see like an amateur person trying to paint while I was teaching as well. So it was kind of a nice, a nice thing, I guess, like content and like engaging stuff. Yeah. I actually attended your first one. Oh yeah, you did! I was, uh, it was 8am for me because I was on the outside yeah. of the world. Uh, I remember like, that clearly because it was leaves um, they get to draw yeah. and mine became like some Christmas tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but it was honestly, it was a lot of fun and it was a good, uh, it was a good break to, you know, like to just take out some old, uh, for me I used gouache I think. Yeah, yeah, a lot um, of people say it was very um, relaxing. It was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's uh, talk about you now a little more. Pursuing art is never rosy, like especially and you mentioned also in uh, Asian society. Like if you want to do this like more of a full time kind of basis. Mm -hmm. But just besides that, what were some other difficulties that you faced um, over the years when, when you tried to pursue art? Mm, yeah, I guess apart from the societal stigma, like we all saw the re the recent Straits Times article where like artist is the number one most non-essential job. This kind of stuff really doesn't help the art community here because like actually if you look at all your advertisements and all, without your creatives, I don't think anything would be interesting, right? So this kind of stuff is always gonna affect us. Like people are like, oh you just do art, like yeah, you can earn like how much only. Um, but Apart from the money side of things, I would think a lot of it for me is mental. So um, pursuing art full-time means that I'm pursuing my passion full-time, which means that it's very close to heart. Um, and then the biggest challenge I have is definitely self-doubt. So some days I'm like, did I really just throw away my high-paying job in a stable company to just do this for the love of my art? Like, am I being ridiculous and naive? Um, and then, you know, people say like, oh, in your first few years when you're young, you should be working really hard and earning a lot of money. You can do your passions later in life. And then like the self-doubt, like when I post something on Instagram and I don't get likes immediately, then I'm like, oh, sh like, am I doing something wrong? Like, is it not nice? Or like I paint someone and it doesn't look like the person like, yeah, or even just launching a new project. Like what if I put like 20,000 hours thinking about this, but people don't think it's anything at all. So. It's the self-doubt that really challenges me. Um, and then just being able to focus on my vision and my future about like why I'm doing what I'm doing and then just staying on the track and not letting like little comments and little things just throw you off the path. I guess one of the reasons why I waited five years is also because I was always trying to prioritize stability and money and income over um, being silly and just chasing a pipe dream kind of thing. 
um, yes, there were times that I wanted to give up. Yes, there were times when I maybe posted some stuff and then it was really ugly and I got really frustrated with my stuff and then I just crashed out my artwork. There were so many artworks that I crashed out. Um, there were times that I'm just like, actually, this is just a hobby. You can just do it when you're old. But then um, there are also times when I'm working full-time in my job, generating reports, working with Excel and being super fast at all my emails, that I'm like, what am I doing this for? I don't really care about it. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. So I guess um, at the end of it, on days when I feel super inspired, I write them down in my diary and then I keep reminding myself that like I really want to pursue a creative life because I feel like I can make a difference there. Um, I can like when I see when I teach classes and some people achieve what they had set out to do, it really brings me joy. Um, when I teach like some old people how to paint on Zoom as part of some community outreach program and I see how happy they are, then it, again like it really feels like I'm doing a part and giving back with my craft so this kind of thing keeps me going but it's definitely always up and down so you have to know why you're doing what you're doing and you have to really stay on track and how, how supportive has the people been around you i think um my dad has been surprisingly supportive in a way like he never allowed me to go to art school but after i've done work in a corporate world for five year for five years he was and when I told him recently that I wanted to leave my job because I really felt nothing for it anymore and I was just so tired, he was surprisingly encouraging and he was like, oh yeah, just come up with a spending plan. And then if your budget allows for it, then why don't you just try? I mean, you can go back into corporate later on. So it was quite, um, it definitely plays a big role when the people around you are supportive and when your friends believe in you. So I have so many friends that I want to say thank you to like, who really always tell me like, oh, like if you set up a shop, I will buy your stuff. Or like, oh, I really wanted to buy your painting, but I didn't make it in time for the sale. So all these small things really matter and it pushes me on. Well, now you have uh, dived all into this. Um, it's not a, no longer like a pipe dream that you're talking about. I guess, yeah. What's a, what's a typical day for you like now? So for now, like a typical day used to be really busy and I used to only do work at night. I do art at night, right? But now when I wake up, I have this whole day in front of me. So I used to also be really worried about like being able to stay on track and stay disciplined with all these big blocks of time. And now I really have it. So I found it really useful for me to schedule stuff and write stuff down in my planner. So I always have things that I want to work on. And I'm also really mindful that this is the only moment of probably one of the rare moments that I've given myself to 100% focus on art without any other distractions. So I'm always very mindful of making the best of things. So a typical day in the morning, like maybe the first two hours, I try not to do it on social media or anything, but just write down my ideas, my plans, and then the projects that I'm working on. Do a couple sketches if I can over breakfast. Maybe catch up on some like YouTube videos and then um, of illustrators that are inspiring to me. And then I just do most of my painting and my work in the afternoon. Like I get really into it and put my headphones on. And then I try to break up my days also. So in the evening I go for a run or like I work out so that I just get off my seat. And then maybe at night I do it again. But there's also a lot of nitty gritty stuff like replying emails sourcing for new business, um, planning workshops and 
all those kind of stuff that I also try to do in between. So it's yeah. not just all drawing. Yeah, you actually, we didn't really talk about that. Um, yeah. You're also conducting classes. Like you recently started teaching um, at a art, art studio. Art yeah. studio. That uh, must be very exciting for you. And there's, it's always like pretty much fully booked. <laughs> Based on the pictures I've seen, like, you know, there's always people who are keen on learning uh, watercolor and they're from, I guess, different ages also, right? Mm. How did you get that, uh, that, gig, that gig? Oh, and, uh, it was, yeah. Should I, wait? Yeah, 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 go ahead. Yeah, so it was really funny. Um, I went to this art studio called Artify, so I teach there now, but years ago I had gone there for an art jamming session just, you know, on the acrylic canvas and all with my sister and I hated um, acrylic, so I was using my fingers to paint. So it's that one. But anyway, the girl. So I was using Use my your finger to paint that? Yeah, so I was using it to blend it because I don't like the brushes. Because acrylic is stiffer than um, watercolor, so it's not so flowy. So I was like, oh my gosh, I can't use the brush. So I just use my fingers to paint. And then I made good friends with one of the owner, with the owner of the studio, who is now my good friend, Jay. Um, and then I guess she remembered me because like years ago, years later, which is last year, I signed up for another workshop, like a children's illustration workshop. And then I had already paid her like $100 for the workshop. And then suddenly she texted me and she was like, oh, this is Shumin, right? I remember who you are. Like, I think you're overqualified for the workshop. Like, no, 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 I'm going to refund you the money. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I was quite excited to join the workshop. And then she was like, oh, I remember who you are. And like, um, why don't you just come and teach instead? Then I was like, what? Okay. And then so um, I went down to the studio one of those days after work to just have a chat with her. And then we ended up really like getting along really well because she plays softball and she does art. So I also play softball and then I also do art. So we had a lot of things in common like stuff about sports discipline and like, you know, really having the rigor to pursue something and then just like being super like focused on your stuff. And then in the end, she was like, okay, why don't you have a trial session? Because we only do acrylic here, but we want to branch into other stuff. And then she's seen all my work on Instagram. So it's very important to put your work out there because then people can notice you. Um, so she saw a lot of my work, watercolor stuff. And she was like, why don't you just try teaching some people? Because a lot of people are actually quite interested in watercolor. We just don't have anyone to teach it. And then I... I conducted a friends and family session of watercolor uh, workshop on August last year. And then uh, it was my first time holding a real workshop. And because it's friends, it's also a bit scary because like people you really know. And then she invited some of her friends as well that I didn't know so it was like real strangers. And then just like taught some people how to do some stuff. And then um, it all picked up from there. It went well. I passed the test and then we just started setting up regular sessions every weekend and then I've been teaching ever since. So it's been a real amazing time. Yeah, and now you have quite a number of sessions. Yeah, and I used to be so nervous. Like at the start, I was very cautious about teaching. I was very nervous about what people thought of me. And then, but now I'm like so used to it and I also make friends with the participants and then some of the people who come actually follow me on Instagram. So it's like really cool. And they're like, oh, I want to paint this thing that you did on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, okay, I know how to do that. So then I can teach them. So it's been amazing. It's <laughs> good. How has, uh, how has art helped you grow personally over the, well, since whenever you started, like the past 10, 15, 20 years. How have you seen yourself? Especially in the past five years when you had work, 
I guess like yeah that's a great question because um when I was younger like maybe when I was 15 or 16 we had one of the school field trips to a creative agency and then um there was the creative director that was bringing us around and then I was super inspired then and I was like oh I'm gonna be a creative director when I grow up and obviously that is a really uh hard thing to achieve because you have to put in a lot of work but I went into um university telling everyone that I love art and all that but I never had something to show it was all like random sketches here and there and it really showed or it really woke me up when I took a one-year internship in China at a mobile game company so because I told the creative director there that I was very interested in creative stuff I didn't really know what but I wanted to help out in creative stuff and then he was like okay you can work under me and then it was a mobile game company, right? So he was like, okay, can you design a character in Adobe Illustrator? And then I tried to do it, and then it bombed. And then it was so bad. And then I tried to watch all the YouTube videos, but obviously I haven't been doing anything. I was just always talking about liking to do Illustrator and like creative stuff, but I never did it. And then he was like, oh, so you don't know how to design a character? And then I was like, yeah. And then I ended up just helping to manage some of the social media stuff. But you know that encounter was very embarrassing but it also called it really like called me out and then I realized that like hey if you want to tell people that you're into art and you're going to be a creative director or, or like even an illustrator one day you have to have a portfolio or something or some work to back you up you can't just talk about it because then you'll be like a fraud um, so that's when after I came back from that one year stint I graduated in one semester and then I started my actual corporate job and then I hurriedly took lessons and then really got into the groove of things and then started building up my art portfolio from there. And so in the past five years, ever since then, I've just been continually like reiterating my work, my style, um, cancelling out the stuff that didn't really fit what I saw my standard was and then um, just really refining, refining, refining. So I now have a better sense of like what I like, my taste, and then what I want my art to be like. A super random question, but I thought I'd ask this. Like, what is one quote that you live by? I think my whole life is made up of quotes. But um, one of the quotes that I really love is that um, you can't ever reach perfection, but you can believe in an asymptote towards which you are ceaselessly striving. So it's from the book when breath becomes air. So it means, it's kind of something that I really believe in that like, you will never reach perfection because you will always find something new that you love, that you want to achieve. But you will always be able to push forward and progress until you kind of almost reach your perfection. And that's to me like what the art journey is about. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's good. Thanks, you should read the book. <laughs> What's it? Like, what the, the... When Breath Becomes yeah. Air. It's about this neurosurgeon. Oh, who passes away, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you ruined it for everyone. Oh. <laughs> I'll put that in. Uh, I feel like over the past, like, we've been speaking for like 30 minutes or so, uh, there were quite a number of, like, nuggets of uh, wisdom, I would say. For, wisdom. Uh, for, uh, for other budding artists or, you know, people who are kind of in the same boat as you. If you could just leave a message for them, you know, to kind of wrap things up, 
what message would that be? Mm, I think my favorite um, piece of advice from this person called Ira Glass always like reminds me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. So that person says that um, the most important thing you can do is a lot of work. So as creatives, right, we have our standard of what we think is the gold standard. And then we have what we are currently churning out, which might not necessarily meet the gold standard. And so this person says that the most important thing you can do to get to your standard of your quality, and that's your taste, right? That's why you even got into the creative business. It's just to keep doing a lot of work so that you continually refine your work until you get to where you want to be. So um, I guess my advice is to just keep doing it. And like, if you are very afraid to try, like you still have to try because if you don't try, you'll really never know. And I've really experienced this myself. Um, so just try, just keep doing it until you get to where you want to be and you'll always be continually progressing towards your final goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And discipline, right? You also mentioned discipline earlier on. I think that yeah. is critical as well where yeah. you, you've been doing this for five years. Like yeah. while working crazy hours, you come back yeah. every night, paint something. Um, so you continuously, you know. You have to make sacrifices as well. So yeah. like not going out all the time to drink and party, but really to stay home and work on the stuff because it's a trade-off. Yeah. 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 So you must really, really want it. Yeah. Taking the leap of faith to really do what you want may not be easy. And there might be a number of decisions at play, but you have to try. You have to give it a shot. At worst, it will be one heck of a learning journey and memory to look back on. Thank you for listening. Be sure to let me know your thoughts on this episode and something you are passionate about. Stay tuned for our next episode and until then, have a blessed day you all.